They're taking cherubin pot strewn strategically along the daily. Charter boys are tying paternosters in preparation for the fray. Tinnies are being towed to target on the Arnhem Highway. Over in Gove, they're rigging up teasers for the big boys. There's an air of anxious optimism at harbourside boat ramps as launch time moves. And in the front bar of a top-end pub. So there we were, having a lovely day out on the water when Daz decides to crack open a jar of his patented chilli and pass it round. Uh, oh, no, I can see where this is going. Yeah, next thing I knew, I've woken up in a bath in some dodgy joint in Mitchell Street with a pink alpaca and a masseur called Gabriel. Oh, oh hang on. What? Oh, 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 Tim, Tim. Get your bums in the boat and get on with it. G'day fishos and welcome back to the tinny for another week when Packy Andy's back on deck. He was away last week as you might recall and shown great offence by rocking up at my place to record the tinny on a day which is essentially a work day for us and what's that you're wearing Andy and, and what's that sitting out the front of my house and are you, are you deliberately trying to get a rise? Oh hi mate. G'day Tim, it's great to be back. It's a lovely fishing shirt you got on. Uh, yes, it's a million dollar fish shirt. And it's very comfortable. This? That, that's a boat, Tim. Yep. Towing what? <laughs> There's a car or a, a four-wheel drive, and that's towing a boat. And that, after the show, is going to go to the boat ramp. <laughs> and it's, it's the, the plan is to head to the oil rig fine. I had a cancellation at work, and so you've got to strike while the iron's hot, Tim. So wh why now? Because Other than the cancellation? Oh, it's very, very rare that I have spare time during a week. So, yeah, it's spare time, looking beautiful. You could see the rig from Nightcliff Foreshore yesterday. It is glassy. It's, Half a metre swirl. It's, it's, I'm not going to say the word G-O, those two words, but that's the way it's looking. Everything I don't want to jinx it. Everything is aligning. Everything. The stars may well be aligning. Okay. How far is the rig now? Uh, it's about 35 k's, I'm told. My uh, my sounder and GPS are broken, so I'll be doing it by sight. <laughs> I'm told it's northwest. If I don't get back, then I mean, Beard did a great job last week co-hosting, so he, he may can, well uh, be on for the rest of <laughs> the life of the tinny. You might already hear him talking a little bit faster than normal fish shows. If Andy feels like sounds like he's kind of rushing through the tinny this week, <laughs> that's why because he's towed his boat here and is heading out very shortly. It's mm. a deeply offensive thing to do, you know. Sorry. I should have parked a little bit further up the street. Yeah, you could have done that at least. Not very yeah, thoughtful. You could, have, you could have done that at least. There is a lot to catch up on, though, this week. How about the rain in Catherine? Hey? Oh, how, fantastic. How about that rain? Fantastic. I, I went halfway around Australia last week with work, and I, all I was watching was the, the gauges and the, uh, the weather reports back in Darwin. Yeah, Warren must be wetting himself. He's down south. Uh, it turns out his son Trent is actually uh, wetting himself in, in Dad's absence. Oh, yes. Um, by the way, much of the tinny gets recorded throughout the week. So where we're talking about river levels um, and, and rainfalls, yes, always the smartest advice to go and seek the most current information from your authorities uh, nearby, you know, on the day or at the time. Absolutely. And Stewie Brisbane, we're going to talk to around the daily, and that was one that was sort of midweek, and the daily obviously been very vulnerable throughout the yeah, week. Yeah, so. up and down all over the place. But, I mean, it depends when you're listening to this either yep. live at, on ABC Radio Darwin, but also you might be listening on podcasts. Just get the local information on the day you need it. What we can say is there's a lot of water. Now, the other one I want to catch up on, Abby's talk. Your oh, yes. daughter was delivering 
a sermon to her class for a presentation, decided to do it on Tales from the Tinny. How did it go? Oh, it went really well. Um, unlike the most recent one she did, which was on, I think, spiders, and they all hated it because they were scared. Uh, but no she, one likes spiders. She won, but yeah, but people like the tinnies. So she had free reign to pick any choice. Isn't that beautiful? She could pick anything in the world to talk about, and she chose the tinny. Hello, everybody. Today I'll be talking about Tales from the Tinny. Tales from the Tinny is a radio show. It includes fishing. Tinny is a sort of boat, and they tell stories about fishing and stuff. It's technically stories from the tinny. The Tales from the Tinny sticker. Some say it brings good luck to people. 75%. It is only $5, but it is very valuable. Has anyone caught a barrel before? <laughs> Did she? Comments or questions? I've, I've got a comment. Since A question, actually, Abby. Since when is the sticker five bucks, and where is that money being funneled? Wharton? Is it you selling the sticker for no, five no, no, no. It's Abby. No, it's not me. It's not me. They're <laughs> supposed to be free. Well, well they, are, they are valuable. <laughs> Maybe she's smarter, what a little, what, smarter than I look. What, what, what a little entrepreneur. The lesson in that, folks, is well done, um, if, if you're a parent, don't ever underestimate um, <laughs> the, the power of, of, of subliminal parenting. Uh, Tim, I've been thinking about the whole uh, credit versus debit scenario in the fishing career. You know, it's like a big bank account, isn't it? Oh, I this is of, what we were talking about this last time. Yeah, we, weeks we, we touched on. on it a couple of weeks ago. You know, the fact that I, I wanted to go, I wanted to take Abby actually on a particular trip and what came up um, were a number of debits, but they were very old debits. I mean, yeah, if, it was a seven, if, an incident seven years ago if, that if, was brought up. Yeah, if they, if they were like receipt printed debits, all the print would have faded. They were that old. Mm. You know, remember the time you got bogged, blah, blah, blah. But Tim, I wanted to ask you, do, do you think you can sort of permanently strike a debit from the account, or do you think it's some different. of these things no. just last forever? I think credits are fleeting. Mm. So you do a good deed at home, or something meaningful, or you know, provide a gift, or yep. in whatever language of love it might be, you provide for your significant other. Yep. That credit is fleeting. Yep. The debit is permanent. Yeah, I think you're debits right. are forever. So I don't think it's ever possible to remove, to permanently strike, a significant debit from your account. Like the time you got stuck with your partner on a sandbar. It's there forever, man. It doesn't, there's no, no number of credits you can accrue to permanently wipe that, I'm sorry to say. Until one day when I lose my memory. Maybe that's the, that's the positive, Tim. Don't today go further into debt. You know, come home safely, mate, without your sounder, without your GPS without your navigation system, just stay safe, okay? You cannot, you can ill afford another debit. Thanks, though. That, that's a good chat. In fact, I, I think you should just stay home. I'm sick of the missus making jokes about pulling snags out of the freezer. <laughs> that's a big sailfish. Backflips, forward flips, you name it. And it was just magic. Tales from the city. So, Andy, I don't, I don't know really what we call this next bloke, um, but suffice to say... When we talk to Warren every week, and there's perhaps a sense that the Ayatollah is giving away some fishing intel that, that may draw Darwin fishos down to the, uh, the Catherine-based haunts of the, the Vic or the Roper, just visualise this bloke holding, holding a gun to Warren's head. And the great irony of that, I mean, the great sadness of that is it's his own son holding his own products from the shop he developed to threaten his own father. Yeah, but all, all in the cause of defending 
defending precious intel and precious fishing spots. So there's a good, there's a purpose behind it. I can understand why well, it's, he do, it's why fear, he do that. It's the fear of retribution, of course. Uh, what we do know is this is a bloke who's a who's a fan, a, a big fan of Easter eggs with custard and cream. He's likely to steal your horse, paint himself blue, and pretend to be William Wallace, if you're not careful. He is son of Ayatollah. He is Trent DeWitt with Rod and Rifle Tackle World in a very moist Catherine. How are you, Trent? G'day, boys. How are we doing? We're well, but I feel we probably need to set some boundaries at the outset of this conversation. What can't we ask about? or where Happy should... to chat yep. about any spot above Hayes Creek. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Any other information you're not privy to? Sorry, boys. It's like okay. the Berrimer line of the Vic that he's just drawn. <laughs> it is. Okay. So, so don't even bother asking about Roper or Vic or any fishing conditions south of Hayes Creek, correct? The Vic's dry, the rope is dry, there's no water, don't bother. <laughs> how, how is the fishing at Hayes Creek? <laughs> <laughs> it's tough, it's rocky. Warren, uh, Warren obviously has been complaining about the lack of rain for months. He goes down south, the great flood comes. W- w- what do we draw from this? <laughs> oh, mate, I've asked him to remain away for as long as possible. Um, he didn't like that too much, as you can imagine. Um, but look, the, the proof is in the pudding. Warren leaves, rain comes. I feel like I've just had a big weight lifted off my shoulders. Like mm. it's been, it's been so many years since you know you wake up to rain down here, you wake up to driving across the river, and it's at a ridiculous level. It's just such a relief to see you know water on the ground, water in the bores. It's it's uh, it's amazing, and we're going to have such a good year from it. And was there a point, Trent, where you ever thought, I wonder if this will ever happen again? Because <laughs> it was bad. It was it was getting like that, boys, and that's what I mean with the weight on my shoulders. I had this sick feeling in my gut, like you know, I, my kid was going to grow up not ever going to see the river at sixteen meters. Is how I was thinking. What's the sense in the town? Similar, no doubt. Oh, there's yeah, such a buzz in the town, mate. Far out. For the past sort of four years, five years, uh, the river has been such a bad state. Um, in the middle of the dry season, there's all sorts of weeds and stuff growing up from the bottom in the middle of the river, not not on the edges of it growing straight up from the middle, which just tells you how choked up it is with sand and debris and all mm. that sort of stuff. So having the river at this level, that force of water and that amount of flow hopefully should clear it out. But at the same time, you know, those fish have had a chance to do what we believe they do, which is head downstream, do their breeding cycle and hopefully make their way back or the smaller fish are travelling upstream now also. And is just one... Um pulse one big flush like this for a wet season generally enough you know we would love to see it come up and down all year Mm. um but just you know we're going to take what we can and if it's one flush we get this year that's at 15 meters we are going to absolutely take that and you know it's not just um the Catherine river that that's swollen you know to our south and to our west has just been absolutely topping of flogging you know the road has only just reopened um this week and and yeah it's been been cut off um so it's good to see that happen that hasn't happened for many years so having those south and west roads open and closing during these periods just shows you how much water's around the place not just in Catherine. and obviously an important flush further downstream on the daily coming too by the way check the most current up-to-date information with local authorities in terms of river levels because there's been a lot of water heading down towards um, the daily um, this week as well. But that's that's in in, des- in dire need of a flush out too, isn't it, Trent? Yeah, mate, it's in exactly the same state as, as the river here was, you know. So 
all this water is just such a blessing and it's such an exciting time. And, yeah, I mean, the longer my old man can stay away, the more water we get, the better it's going to be. And, Trent, uh, how's the fishing been on the Roper? So, at this stage, uh, look, I can't discuss any further than that. <laughs> what about the Vic? But, nah, look, boys, in all honesty, um, no one has actually been to the Roper much because the, the roads have been cut. Um, the Roper Highway's been um, up to two metres over at certain times. Hellsgate Creek um, on Wednesday this week was absolutely phenomenally high. It was it was at three metres they were reporting. Yeah, I saw um, that photo this morning on social media. It's unreal. Someone's obviously yeah. put a drone up and taken a really nice piece of uh, photography there. Perfect opportunity, Trent, for you to be joining us because you can genuinely say, I don't know how the fishing is on the Roper or the Vic because they're cut off and no one's going there. Exactly, you boys. See? I haven't even got my fingers crossed. Yeah, that's what, right. What's that, what, what does that feel like, Trent, to say, I don't know when you really don't know? <laughs> well, it's a bit... It, honestly, I feel like I'm not doing my job properly, but at least I can blame the floodwaters. So. Yeah, but yeah, I had, um, you know, last weekend, a lot of friends, um, as you do this time of year, you get pretty antsy and you want to go fishing. Yeah. A lot of them headed out to the Vic um, on a Friday afternoon, and we didn't see them again till Monday afternoon because the roads were cut. And what a great feeling, as you said, for the weight to be lifted off your um, shoulder. Let's hope everyone stays safe and it, it doesn't peak at levels that become um, dangerous but hovers around these levels for as long as possible. Thanks again, Trent. Uh, thanks, boys. There's absolutely that fine line between what we want and what we don't want to happen, and at the moment we're doing what we want. Yeah, totally. Let's hope it stays that way. Thanks again. See you, boys. Style from the Dini. Booyah! Big sexy mallet. Fishers, it is an exciting time. There's no doubt about that. Uh, water uh, in the catchments of all the, the major rivers and everyone's just frothing uh, about the prospect of a good runoff. It doesn't mean that, that barra fishing uh, uh, locally uh, isn't still an option, uh, nor does it mean that, that between those storms uh, you can't get out and good, do some good uh, blue water fishing. John from Offshore Boats uh, has been doing just that. So where have you been hitting up? Uh, yeah, we've been uh, in between the storms, been getting out uh, and just having some really great trips. Just getting a lot of joys around at the moment. Uh, yeah, bagging out most days uh, and really big ones and we've been having to like move away from them because we've been getting so many. So yeah, it's pretty um, pretty awesome this time of year getting out in the blue water. What is it about uh, about this time of year and dewey's? Uh, I really think it's got a lot to do with um, not a lot of pressure on the water. So there's hardly any boats out there um, and the spots don't get hit very hard. And yeah, they also yeah, just like to congregate in, in kind of big schools at this time of the year as well. So it's a great time to chase them. A bit lately, what we've been able to do is actually target um, our reefies, so like the Jewies and Goldies and stuff over the change of the tides. Uh, and then during the dropping tide, go and chase a few barra. Uh, and we've done it a few times now where we've um, just gone up to Inbino Harbour there uh, and got some barra over the, the right time when the particular flat or the particular rock bar is working. Yeah, we managed to get two or three barra as well as getting your bag of jewies and some goldies uh, and then squeezing in a bit of sports fishing to finish off the day, you know, queenies and GTs and stuff on stick baits and poppers and, yeah, the clients are really enjoying the, the mix for the day. What are your ideal tides for that sort of strike mission? Um, I've got different spots for different tides. So, um, yeah, I've done it on spring tides where we fish more flats and stuff. Uh, and then on neap tides, you're going to focus more on yeah, deep holes and rock bars and stuff. And, um, yeah, there's quite a quite a lot of good locations to do that um, this time of year. Yeah, there's lots of opportunities right from Bino, right up to the bottom of the Tiwis uh, and in between. And it's really good, yeah, I just think from a, a guide point of view, when you can just go and barra fish for an hour over the best time and then spend the rest of the day you know being productive rather than just waiting for those small bite windows um, just being where you need to be and then moving on 
one of the scenarios we do is to actually just know when the, the tide's going to drop out of the mangroves on a flat, for example. So we'll just uh, cruise up to that flat, um, get there about 20 minutes before the water pushes out of the mangroves, um, drop the electric, get the, get the punters out, and just uh, yeah, work that flat and the particular drains uh, at the right time. Uh, yeah, catch those fish um, over that kind of half an hour period as it drops out and then move on. So it can be as simple as that um, or as simple as uh, trawling a rock bar, for example, or something like that. How far up are you going? Oh, yeah, look, I'm, we're not afraid to cover a bit of distance. So we've got our boat goes at 60 k's an hour. So I'll, I'll often go kind of 25, 30 k's to fish for my barrier, even if it's for half an hour and then go back. So, yeah, I'll, I'll cover some distance. Um, that's all part of the fun. How big were those juice? Oh, the juice have all been really big, uh, most of them over a metre. One of those, we've got a 123, a 117 and a 116. I mean, I know we, we've talked to you last year about a, uh, I think it was a 143 Dewey that, that, that the punter caught on, on charter. So when you say 123 Dewey sort of offhanded, I can understand why. <laughs> yeah, look, you spend a lot of time on the water and, you know, those things become yeah, a lot more uh, normal. <laughs> I guess the the other thing, a uh, good thing about hitting up Bino, uh, you know, this time that if there is actually still swell around, it's not really getting in there. No, that's right. You can get behind islands and hide and stuff, and always find places to fish. John, I, I checked the water temperatures uh, this morning, and they looked sort of on the the cooler side. Does that translate to some pelagics uh, maybe sneaking a little bit closer inshore? Um, I've actually saw a school of tuna on the way out uh, on one of the days last week going out the harbour. Um, there's tuna just past Six Mile Boy. So, yeah, there are there are often a few around when you get a little bit of a, a spell here. All year round, they're out wide too, kind of 40Ks out, uh, like North Gutter and stuff. You'll get, see them out there all year. Uh, and the Mackies and stuff, they love this time of year. Just um, you're in different spots than when they are in the dry season. I wouldn't say it's something you're going to guarantee, but it's definitely worth a look. Uh, and often your fish, you do find a real quality, um, particularly the mackerel and stuff. They're the bigger ones that are around this time of year now. You've been out to the rig? I went out there a few days ago um, and had a look around. The day I was there, it was uh, pretty quiet, actually. Yeah, we trawled it and jigged it, and I think uh, yeah, a lot of the fish have maybe moved on. Uh, we got a few GTs and stuff, but uh, we didn't stay long because it wasn't really going off. We had other places to be. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Why you know, It's not like it's very well known. <laughs> One of the mornings I was there on a Saturday morning, and there was 33 boats there. And right in under it and stuff? Yeah, right under it, trawling around it, doing everything. So we just left. I hate to think how much line and how much lead is wrapped up around those pylons. <laughs> it would be good actually collect all the, all the um, rigs off it for it when it leaves. <laughs> yeah, one place I did catch some barra was uh, in the Adelaide recently. Uh, that's been fishing really well this year too. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of the runoffs downstream have had um, yeah good colour changes, good bait, um, and they're holding fish. So, yeah, that's really good. And upstream has been producing some big fish um, as well for those people who are prepared to put in the time. Uh, but, yeah, it's been fishing really, really well. I would like the water to be down in the banks. Yeah, I don't like fishing when it's above the banks. I find it's really hard um, is the main thing I'm looking for there. Um, I went up the Wilshires um, the other last week and yeah Wilshire 3 was still above the floodplains at low tide so there's plenty of there's plenty of water up there. So you got plans to hit up Shady Way anytime soon? Um, yeah Shady's actually starting to look really good um, I was down there a couple of weeks ago and there was no water coming out Tommy Cut at all uh, and we actually needed the tide to get back in so it was looking quite grim uh, but with all this rain we've had now uh, it's looking really good. Uh, Mary River Bridge uh, Billabong has been up uh, right under the uh, into the car park um, and right under the bridge for a few days now so that water is making its way out uh, and these extra storms have so i reckon shady's about to switch on so yeah i'll be looking to go there for soon
looks like we're approaching a situation is whether you're going to have to make serious decisions whether you keep going south on the Stewart Highway or you take that left, uh, you know, towards Kakadu. Decisions. Yes, the the conundrum of decision there. I think I think this year the awesome thing about it is that yeah everywhere's going to be fishing good, yeah with the early rains you know the east the south they're all pumping uh, the daily um, shade in Adelaide so it'll really spread out the fishermen because there's just so many options which in the last few years has been the opposite where it's really people have been stuck in one or two river systems that did get a little bit of rain um, and so there was a lot of pressure in small areas whereas this year it'll spread us all out again which will be great for everyone. All right, John. Sounds like you've been having some good missions and and a few more good ones to come. Thanks for chatting the tinny again. No worries. Thanks, Ben. be nice if you could emulate some of John Russo's um, blue water fishing uh, in about an hour's time when you head off. It'd be nice too if, the, if, if inside your boat it sounded just like this, it was this calm. Oh, that's beautiful, isn't it? Beautiful. It's not even five knots. No. I've got to go. <laughs> Did you hear what Beard was saying there around the, you know, that vortex of indecision around the corner of the Arnhem. Oh, the yeah. Have you ever done that? Oh, many, many times. Isn't that good when, when, when the abundance of choice mm. is such that you have to make that literal fork in the road life decision? Yeah, it's, it's, where, it's where Shane Compain sold his soul to the devil to become a better fisherman at the, um, the fork in the road, the vortex of indecision, mm. the Arnhem and Stewart Highway. I've seen fishers just driving around in circles yeah, yeah, there in stop. their car and their trailer. They never stop. Yeah, just, just deciding. Like it a, does. Like a Canberra roundabout. Dipple really needs Not to... Not knowing where to get off. ...really needs to put a large roundabout there. They do, actually. <laughs> Tales from the tinny. Get a mullet up your bras. Yeah. Well, he's a fisho of sorts, Tim. Uh, he's definitely an oracle of sorts. He drinks beer for breakfast and lives on an island. Just your average Territorian, some yeah. may say. Yeah. Yeah. Half fisho, half oracle. <laughs> that, that, that's pretty much a fisho. He is, but he's, <laughs> he's also a bloke that I love and always drop in on when I'm on the Adelaide River. And it's a bloke that we love catching up with at various times throughout the year. He is King Kai from Goat Island. A man whose, whose discussion and topics generally range from, from golf to the behaviour of his pet dogs to, to the very human condition. How are you, Kai? I am well, boys. Well, indeed. How in, <laughs> how inundated are you, Kai? It's been wet, so everybody's um, up now. We've had just on 500 mil here for the month, so that's pretty good for for February month. So, and still two months of wet season to go. We passed oh up about well over 1300 mil so far, but it's been spread out this year, hasn't it? We haven't had those big. Two, three, four, five hundred million a couple of days type thing. So, uh, well, not inland anyway. You know, a lot of the big rain that's been falling either falls north of the Arnhem Highway or sometimes we get a bit south of the Arnhem Highway, but most of it is falling north. You know, the Bureau of Meteorology spend millions of dollars on technology for predictions. But you have your own technology there by way of the crimson finches and the ants. What, yep. what are they telling you, Kai? This year I cannot differ from Bureau of Meteorology because everything they've said is looking right with me. Uh, they said we'll get some reasonably good early rains. And, uh, yeah, I could see that they were here. I didn't see a crimson finch till mid-January. And one pair came, and I, I need to see 15, 20, 15 nests built around the place to know that there's a big rain coming. Is and it, it hasn't happened yet. 
Is it too late in the wet season for the finches to do their thing and provide that indication? I don't. I don't think so because they they seem to be very quick about it. They muck around for a couple of days when they pair up, then they build a nest. But they want to know when when all the new fresh seeds and stuff from grasses. I think that's what they're eating. Uh, come out, and that will come at the same time as as we're getting towards the end of the wet. They love coming in and sitting in tall grass and up on the seed heads and then drop towards the ground. And that ain't happening for a while yet because there's more rain to come yet. What about fishing on the Adelaide, you know, places like Beatrice in between the big rains? A couple of weeks ago, there was uh, there was a, a, bit of, a bit going on, including the big one at Beatrice. Upstream, the only boats I see go up there are the ones who, who, who think fishing is really important. When we know it's an excuse to sit in a boat with some mates and having a few beers while we, while we flick a bit and all that sort of stuff, you know. And uh, uh, but they're the only ones, and a lot of them the last week or so have been gone up, had a quick look, and said, "Nah, nothing here," and coming straight back. Yeah. Wednesday, it peaked here on the island, and, and the day before it peaked the dirty lagoon. So now it's dropping nicely, which is good to see. But one big storm can change all that again so it hasn't run into my old bar yet and yeah still a bit away from that and what, what about the new dog muddy i heard he doesn't mind a beer is uh, that... muddy is a brilliant dog totally spoiled totally useless but he's my covid plan you know in covid times we gotta have a covid plan <laughs> and he likes beer yeah is he licking punters beers i heard he has been known to do that, but I do warn them, and I do warn them before they sit down. That way they can't claim a free uh, replacement. So <laughs> if he drinks with them, well, that's how it is. But then they tip the dregs out on the table, and you know, an alcohol-based product on the table, that is how you do proper COVID cleaning, and then he licks it up. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> He's your sanitary tool. I get it now. Yeah, mate. It's called the COVID plan, God Island style. Uh, boy, I have one plea for you here now, because the boy, uh, the, the, all the fishermen are listening to you. At this time of the year, the boats we never see on the river, which are the really big seafaring boats, uh, they come up here because it's a bit risky going out with a big storm turning up at any moment, you know. So they come up the river, and if there's boats moored here at my uh, floating pontoon, and they come up and they do the right, many do the right thing, slow right down to trawl speed just as they yeah, go past. Just slow and down. And if they go past at full speed, I don't have a problem with it either because they only create a, create a sort of medium-sized wake. But the ones who come up and never been past before, slow down to half speed with a couple of big donks out the back of the boat, the bottom end, uh, the, the bum of the boat sinks right in and they create a wake sometimes more than a meter Wake. And if it's your boat sitting there and you've just got that new fancy artwork on the side, you get pretty annoyed when they get damaged by ignorance like that. Yeah, so the message to boats, passing boat, uh, Goat Island, keep it under five knots. Or above 50. Or above 900. <laughs> and you'll be happy. Yep. And Kai will be happy. Kai, thanks very much for talking to us. We'll, we'll see you on the river, mate. I'm due a trip up there. So stay safe and um, let's hope those crim- crimson finches come out and start to play. Good on you, boys. You look good. Keep going with a good job, mate. Hello. Hey.
Andy, I've helped you with your conundrum over the debit and ledger and credit ledger thingy. Yes, you have. Can you help me with one of mine? Always, always there for you, Tim. The, the neighbour, thanks, man. The neighbour in the COVID den, uh, the guy with the dog who howls at the siren whenever there's a siren. Oh, yeah, yeah. Also may be responsible for, at about 12 minutes past 11, precisely on exactly every second day, that weird smell of the, burnt toast. The burnt toast. smell, yeah. Yep. A beer thinks it might be burnt coffee. Anyway, this guy, I saw him chucking a palm frond from his palm. Big Cuban royal, you know, these are massive palm fronds. I've cut all mine out because, like most Territorians, they're a pain in the bum. Oh. Uh, he's chucking his palm fronds over. I saw it sneak over, inch at a time, inch, 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 dump into my yard from his own palm tree. Oh, what no. do I make it? How do I, oh. how do I deal Have with Have you that? had a chat with him? No, I couldn't bring myself to. There were two options, either chainsaw it down or chuck it back over. What would you have done? Yeah, look, I think I'd just make it a watching brief, Tim. Some of these problems don't go away straight away. Just watch the progress of that frond over the next few episodes. It's already on Timmy. it. It's, it's, it's in my yard yeah, for we'll me it, to dump. Yeah, we'll push it back. Yeah, no, I've pushed it yeah, back. Push it back and see where it goes. I was within my rights to push it back, wasn't it? That's none. That's unneighbourly. Yeah, no, you, it, look, it could be alleged that that's stolen property. I mean, that's not your property, that frond. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm advising you as a lawyer, Tim. You need to get that back on his property that, that, yeah, before there's big problems, okay, there, there, big trouble now I feel in better. Little China. Thank town. you. That's what I needed to hear. Right, yeah. Un, unbloody neighbourly and unbloody little bloody legal. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. Thank you. It's pretty average. Hey, Tim, you mentioned the shirt I was wearing before. That is the MDF shirt. Mm. And Fishos, you might rem- remember last year that um, Beard and I went out early one morning with a bloke dressed in black to release some of these fifteen thousand dollar tagged fish. So it's five grand. Th- these are the double tags. These are the double taggers for those that um, don't remember or haven't heard it before. The double tag fish, fifteen k, so ten grand for you and five grand for a mate who um, I think the criteria has been having a tough time. Yeah. But we sort of boiled it down to well, if if you don't have five grand, you're having a tough time. Correct. So, so, <laughs> so it's a very loose definition. That's right. What we did though, and what we agreed to do back then, was to gradually drip feed some um, some clues over time, and those clues were some were texts, some were photographs. Well, of where they were released. Of where they were released to help people, just give them that nudge. Because we actually want these fish to be caught. And the importance of where, knowing where they were released is that as a general rule, these fish don't move very far at all from their release point. That's right. That's what the science says, and we believe the science. So four out there, that's, that's 30 grand. There's 30 grand floating in the water if you're 60. not fishing. Oh, 60. And that's why I did Maths S, which was called Supermarket Maths at school. Right. Not very good at And I failed that. So... <laughs> Just for future, I'll let, can I let you do any numbers? Some copy that. Anything yeah. that involves maths, that's Tim's job. So what we've done this week, Tim, uh, is on the Facebook feed, which has been uninterrupted ever since this tinny started. That's right. Hasn't it, Tim? Yeah. On the Facebook feed, we've put four more <laughs> There was no week-long up. blip. No, there wasn't. No, we're okay. Um, there's four new photographs up there. They're, they're not clues. They're explanations. These are answers. Yeah. They're I mean, telling you exactly where they're, 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 they are. They are a bee stick short of GPS waypoints. Here's the problem. Maybe in hindsight we should have released them before the big rains and the floods. Maybe. Because now one of them clearly shows it was released at the Catherine Bridge. Yes. However, the Catherine Bridge has risen about... 14 and a half metres since then. It has. So where is that fish now? Well, look, the good news is the fish is probably still out there. Um, the bad news is you're probably going to have to look around the daily mouth, perhaps. Witch's nose? Yeah, witch's nose. Look, I'm, I'm thinking maybe even somewhere up in Southeast Asia. <laughs> <laughs> well, the science says they will be nearby to where they're where they're released. Yeah, but the science doesn't uh, factor in 20 no. billion <laughs> megalitres of water pushing against a 
56 <laughs> centimetre barra that can't uh, even swim. Hey, it's, they're all genuine fish, though. So those photos are all where the last four 15k double tag fish are or yeah. were released. However, uh, given the locations, almost every one of those locations has now had that 28 billion megalitres through it. So, you know, who knows? <laughs> who knows where they are now? <laughs> yeah, maybe you should have released those clues. A month ago. Kiwi John at the Daily. G'day. Knowing the Church of the Tinny is very safety conscious and safety never takes a holiday, Andy. Yep. Uh, his words, not mine. I'm advising at the flood emergency meeting uh, in the Daily this week to close the Daily River Road until the end of the runoff. Uh, you can't be too careful in these uh, risk-averse times. I'm sure the Church will thank me for putting Fisho's safety first. Cheers and hope all is well with the little beard and family. <laughs> Thanks for the suggestion, Kiwi John. That ain't going to happen. By the way, as we've mentioned already... Um, uh, stay safe down the daily where some big floodwaters are, are headed and seek local advice to, as to current conditions from the local authorities. Uh, condolences to Matthew Hayne, a.k.a. the Corroboree Gimp, who suffered a great loss this week and wrote these poignant words, Andy. Uh, rest in peace, my friend. You were old when you came into my life. I, I took care of you. We shared so many quiet nights together and you'll be greatly missed. R.I.P. My Balcony Beer Fridge. Sorry to hear it, mate. That bond is an unbreakable one. I'm sure you can relate too, Andy, to the affection which grows between you and Balcony Barfridge through the late lonely nights together. Yeah, there's only a handful of actual possessions that fit that category, Tim. And a Barfridge is one, a boat is one. That you can talk to yeah. by yourself in the lonely nights. You've been through hard times, good times, That's bad right, times. That's right, and it's been there for you the whole time. Mm. Without judgment. It's like a dog. Mm. It's like it doesn't judge you and, and just loves you. And now it's gone. Sorry to hear it, Corroboree Gimp. Shoot it, share it, shout it. Give us a boy. Yeah, hi. Uh, my name's Jim. I've uh, been doing a bit of culvert fishing. Uh, I'm currently at South Alligator. Did lunch, watching the storm rolling in. What's for lunch? Oh, just a bit of barra that I caught earlier on. Oh, happy days. What, at the south? Uh, no, not at the south. Uh, one of the culverts uh, further towards Darwin. Are you just slowly making your way from Darwin to, to the innards of Kakadu, culvert to culvert? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, just hit up all the all the culverts. Uh, been doing it over 20 years, so you sort of you work out exactly where to put a lure for five minutes and then move on. And eat the barrow that you caught at the last one at the next stop. Yeah, that's correct. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> south, south ramp, there's about three boats in the water here, and it's a good spot to watch a storm roll in while you have lunch. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, so where'd you pick up that barrow that you're eating right now? At uh, the Mary River Bridge. Yeah, happy days. How big? Uh, it's uh, just over legal, 58. Yeah, oh, it's perfect eating size. Um, That's correct. Nice and sweet. I mean, you've been doing this for a, for a while, Jim. How are how are things looking to your mind compared to to past years? Oh, there's a lot of uh, juvenile bar around, which will be good for the next couple of years. But uh, yeah, this year it's uh, quite hard to get them legals. This is midweek. Uh, what are you taking taking some time off work or something? Yeah, got uh, a couple of months off at the moment. So you know, what else is there to do apart from uh, a little bit of culvert bashing? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's a bit of a life, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Have you had any uh, good catches of late? Uh, dropped a couple of nice ones uh, last Monday there, Mary River Bridge. There's quite a quite a large one that sort of come up, 
takes the lure and uh, decides, no, I don't want it, and let's go. Ooh, how big? Uh, I reckon about 90. Oh, <laughs> damn. You know, you've been fishing culverts for, for a number of years. Does the strategy really need to be just keep hitting them up uh, until you, you get on a bit of a good run? Because it's, be, you know, it's not going to be happening one day. It's not going to be happening the next day, but it might be happening the next day. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, you sort of, with the way the wet seasons are, with the water moving up and down so fast, you sort of got to hit them all the time so you can judge the heights for when the runs are going to happen and uh, hopefully get on to one of the barrow runs while you're out there. How many more days are you going to be uh, hitting it up for over the next couple of weeks? Oh, I've still got about three weeks to go, so I reckon I'll be out here at least four days out of a week. Uh, I've got to do the miles to get the smiles. Is this kind of your specialty? Yeah, I do a lot of uh, culvert fishing. That's um, how I was uh, brought up. Never had a boat in the younger days, so why we've been doing it. Yeah. When you're fishing those culverts, is there a common place between them that you're actually flicking the lure, like a little little eddy to the side or something? Oh, I can't give up all my secrets. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there is certain certain spots along those sort of lines. Some some spots are better in the middle. Some some spots are better on the edges. Look, I'll, I'll let you um, finish packing up and moving on to uh, further into Kakadu. Are you making a beeline for Norlangi Creeks or what? Yeah, that will be the next stop in the Langi. Um, I believe Magella is still uh, too high at the moment. Might need to hitch up uh, afterwards and see how you went. Um, just quickly, though, you know, from experience, culvert fisho, um, for anybody who has not done it before, what are your top three tips? One would be do the miles, fish them as much as you can. Uh, number two, watch watch the water heights. And once you've worked out the heights you catch fish on, try and get to the spots at those heights. And three, uh, Lure sizing, it uh, goes on the size of the bait fish that's around. So what size lures are you flicking around now? Flicking anything from a little one and a half, two inch to up to a five inch lure. Oh, right. Oh, so you're going down as small as, as one and a half inch. Yeah, that's correct. Yep. Oh, well, thanks for taking the time just after your lunch between culverts. Yep, no worries. It's uh, my pleasure. Get into it. Get a oh. mullet up, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, you too. See ya. Well, he's the culvert crusader, isn't he? Tim, I've never heard anyone so committed to culvert fishing, and it's not just... I mean, a lot of us, I'll speak for myself, a lot of sort of flash in the pan might hit a culvert occasionally, like a random thought, but this has come from childhood. This has been taught over a, a generation, and now it's being carried like a fine art form. I mean, so fine, you might might have heard there in the piece that he he didn't give up a couple of secrets now what he did give up by not giving up the secrets is that there are secrets to culvert fishing yes i would never have known other than just drive around and around and around and go back and back and back and back and back and cast and cast and cast and cast and cast and maybe catch one 28 centimeter barra i yeah. mean i thought that was the secret that, culvert fish that's right cast that, that in a very gla- a very narrow body of water that, that, that was a very glass half empty approach to culvert fishing however I guess that's the beauty of it, with big catchments and the likelihood that one tributary is firing while the next is a flop. Yeah. This kind of method does ensure constant stimulation for some. Mm. Perfect for this day and age where attention spans are ever diminishing, Andy. You know, this way you maintain some titillation levels. And thus, for blokes like Jim, it is never boring. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Jim. I like it. In fact, he's, he's inspired me. That's what churches do, don't they? They inspire. I'm, I'm inspired. Doesn't take much to inspire you, though. <laughs>
It is true. Yeah, no, I'm thinking. Or I'm about to go to the oil rig, and I'm already thinking about the culvert. Yeah, there's something wrong with you. Yes. For sure, some people, it's pretty hard to get them on the phone, to be honest, uh, because they're so flat out with their lives. And so when they come to town, you have to take the opportunity to hit them up where you can. In this case, it's outside Chemist Warehouse, Durack. <laughs> and the man in question is Stewie Brisbane from uh, Daily River Barrows. How are you going, Stuart? Good, thanks, mate. Uh, what are you in town for, by the way? I just come in to get a few supplies, uh, just in case they shut us off. So uh, we've got a few supplies and a few bit of stuff to clean aircon, so that I've got something to do when the, if they do shut us down. So it's all good. <laughs> aircon's a bit mouldy, are they? Oh, well, they haven't been. Haven't had, they need a good clean. We'll just say that. River must have been coming up when you left. Was it was a bit nervous leaving? Oh yeah, it's, it was, I think it was about two fifty over Bamber, over Wally's Causeway there, and um, other than that, there's no water on the road on the way out at all. But the river has come up a bit since I left, but no, it'll be alright. We'll work it out. It's, yeah. We'll get back. This much water back in the daily. How does it make your heart feel? Oh, it's a big relief after last year and the last few years after with all the you know, COVID last year and also all the um, bad wet seasons and so forth. So it's a, it's a big relief, you know, because that's what we rely on for our income. And uh, it, no, it's, it's all looking very promising at the moment, very promising. You've been there for, for over a decade at least. When's the last time you saw the river up looking like this? Um, 2014 was a, was a fairly big year. Uh, 2010 was also a big year. So we've had... We've had other years have been wet, but not as wet as those two. This year's been compared to 2014. We'll wait and see what happens. No comment on what my predictions are. But needless to say, you're looking forward to a pretty good runoff. Yeah, well, everything's full, you know. Like, it's been... Uh, the uh, floodplains out the front have been full for quite a while, um, but from what I've been told by um, other people. Um, and now the river virtually had to get to 12 metres to break its banks to fill everything up properly, um, and it's well over that now. Um, so everything's full, you know, there's water running everywhere out there at the moment, like into floodplains and filling up, and that's where the water's going to be for the bait to breed and all that sort of stuff. So, and the more water out there, the longer it takes to run back in as well, so you get a longer runoff, and, you know, it all, all adds up. How long do you need it to sit on those floodplains for, ideally? I, I, don't, I don't really know the answer to that. I think, I think it depends. I think because there's been, we've had a fairly good wet anyway and local rain, I think the billabongs had a fair bit of water on um, within reason and so the bait will do their natural thing and breed um, and they know when to come out too but I suppose if you get a long wet they might do a second breed or they might you know they might whatever I'm not I'm no um, expert on that side of it but um, earlier on there was quite a lot of really small bait around but last time I was out there's actually some reasonable sized palms and red tails and all that sort of stuff getting around so and a few mullets starting to get around too so um, they don't come out of there they come from the ocean but you know it's starting to look really good it's starting to positive signs. Um, good enough for you to go out last weekend I won't press you for details about where <laughs> but, but you went out last weekend and you did all right? Yeah we went out last weekend we had three days in a row last weekend we got about 30, 30 keepers biggest was 90. Um, listen just listen to how he just says that so offhand yeah yeah go on. But it's, it was a mixed bag, so I think a lot of the fish were hadn't cleaned up yet. They were quite still a bit dark. Some of them, um, the 90 we got and the 80 we got the same day, they were um, they were nice and clean. They had they were definitely saltwater barra. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. We and we got a lot. We dropped a lot. They were just grabbing hold of the tails of the rubbers and so forth. But they were pretty hard work to find them. But and you had to work hard under the trees and in amongst the, in amongst the timber work. Well, I think I've done a fairly good job of losing a fair few rubbers. Yeah. So with the river height sort of, you know, at where it is now, uh, how much does it, more does it have to drop for you to go fishing again? 
Oh, well, it doesn't, you can still fish now. It's just the fact is that not that you can get the bait ram shut, so you can't get in the river. But um, you got to, you can still fish, but you just got to go a long way. You know, like um, the last time I was out, um, Elizabeth Creek was looking real good. All the creeks from Elizabeth Creek down were looking really good, really good colour change. There's a little bit of bait in some of them, um, but some creeks had more than others. Um, but no, you can still fish there, but um, you just got to travel, you know, 50 k's sort of to get down there. And as I said, the river has coming up. River was only at probably just on 10 when I was out last. Now it's up to probably just under 13. Um, and they reckon it's going to peak. So with that flush going down, whether some of all those creeks are stopped and they're flowing backwards or not, I don't know. I haven't been there to have a look, so I can't actually say yes or no. There's a few old times used to always tell me they reckon the perfect height for the daily is 8 metres um, on the dropping, like as it comes off a flood. Um, but I think you'll probably find that eight metre mark is probably more inclined to affect the creeks higher up the river. Like your creeks from Nafish Creek down, down there, which are a lot higher up. Um, it, they, that's probably a better, better height for those creeks. Um, your creeks further down near the ocean, obviously they don't get the flooding like they do up the top due to the fact is there's so much tidal influence. Um, so they, they sort of fish probably earlier than the rest but it's just a long way to go but then also they stop fishing earlier too because you run out of water down there so and I was down there the other day floating around the countryside it's pretty shallow in places down there already so there's I think two boats stuck on a sandbar down on a quite quite well known sandbar down there when I went down the other day um, so and that was on when the river's at 10 metres so down there is not affected by the flood water as much or anywhere near as much as it is up the top where we are that's where a lot of fishers' heads are at right now. How long do I have to wait? You know, I'm just, I'll just buy the lures, I'll just service the gear, just so I'm ready. Yeah, it's just one of those things. It's anyone who loves their fishing. They all sort of all in anticipation to get out and catch that elusive bar of money, so to speak. But also, everyone's been locked up for the last 12, 15 months with this COVID stuff and so forth. And everyone's sort of itching the bit to get going. You know, they will sort of want to get out and enjoy life again, where they've sort of been locked down and haven't and been restricted on their lifestyle. But anyway, it's more rain and you know, and a good flood. It sort of makes it a, a, a lot better looking situation for everybody, so to speak. Uh, I better let you get back to your uh, city errands, uh, Stu, and I hope it is as good as uh, as it can be uh, for runoff 2021. Yeah, no, thank you very much, Beardy. No, it's been a great talking to you. I've never met you before. We've met you now, but I don't know why they call you Beardy. I've got no idea. But anyway, that's the way it goes. All right, thanks a lot, mate. Have a great day. And that was recorded during the week, Fisho, so chances are those levels that Stu mentioned probably change by now. Uh, check with local authorities, as we've been saying, for current conditions, depending on where you're listening, where and when you're listening to this, and stay safe down the daily. Two and a half to three metres over the crossing. Lucky to be there at the right day. We can pull up, they're asleep now. No, oh, no, it's a shark. It's the biggest deer in the world. <laughs> Touched it and poked its eye. Tales from the Tinny. A Coro report filed in on the free Tales from the Tinny Field recording app this week, Andy, from, look, actually, to be honest, a, a guy I, I think we both were hoping not to hear from again. Incoming, incoming, incoming. G'day, boys. Smith here, a.k.a. the Viscount Warrior, or some of you may actually know me as that we're pulling a caravan along the highway at 80 kilometres an hour. Hey, yeah, that's me. How you going? Oh, come on, give us a wave, Mr Cranky. 
Some people are just in too much of a hurry, I've noticed lately, and they've got no manners. But you know how we used to hate it when people freshly retired tell you, Oh, I've got so much going on, I have no idea I actually held down a job. <laughs> Jeez, I hated that. But you know what? It's true. I've been telling everyone. I don't know. It's, it's amazing. I've been flat out, you know. I've been tinkering on the new boat. Still not catching any fish, mind you. Washing the new car, which is something I've never done before. But mostly working on the mighty Viscount. Now, of course, it started off with the suspension, as I told you. I had to replace the axle and the springs. And then, of course, that followed on. You needed to replace the electric brakes. The electric brakes are awesome. They're such a good thing when you're normally driving. But also safety features because the brakes are failing <laughs> I tell you what, that's bloody awesome. But I digress. The reason I'm in your ear, boys, is that I was watching the Rugby League channel the other day and they were flogging that bloody maths thing. Series 24 or something like that. Talk about cosmetic enhancement wonderland. Lips the size of saveloys. Pecs and cleavages like they needed sponsorship from Sycaflex. Not a wrinkle or line or hint of body hair in sight. Except for a couple of designer stubbles, of course. Teeth so white that if they all smile at the same time, you get welder's flash burn. It's unbelievable. Where do they get these Barbies and Kens? Are they 3D printing them or something? Anyway, what is apparent about this dross is that it's obviously a license to print loot. And that certainly got my interest because... As you know, I may have stepped back from everyday tiller duties on the tinny, but I'm still firmly in control at TFT Enterprises, being simultaneously CEO, treasurer, marketing director and chairman of the board. Now, something we have always prided ourselves on here at Tales from the Tinny Enterprises is our ability to sniff out an opportunity to make a quick, easy, bodgy buck. And this time... We've come up with a beauty. You tied the knot with married at first sight, you cheered as the damsel drought ended, and your fave farmer got the wife he wanted. You even cracked out the coconut oil and lubed up for Love Island. Well, tune up those heartstrings and prepare to root for your favourite lovebirds once more for shows as TFT TV presents... Loser longs for a leg over. Here in the Tinny, we genuinely believe everybody, no matter how gormless, how obnoxious, how utterly wretch-inducingly repulsive, deserves love. Loser. Herpes, halitosis, hit repeatedly by the ugly stick. Stop it. Odious, overweight, ugly as a hat full of assholes. Loser longs for a leg over. Shot on location at Darwin's historic East Arm Leprosarium, this new wave of hideously abhorrent outcasts will warm your heart and turn your stomach as they fumble their way ineptly towards a momentously climactic bumping of uglies. Let's meet our first two contestants. Loser. Barry. 48 years of age, weighs 148 kilos, owner of 48 fishing shirts. Ooh, yeah. Interests. Interests. Fishing, wearing fishing shirts, watching fishing shows on TV and watching porn online. You know what I like. 
Barry still lives with Mum and wants to hook up with someone just like her, who will cook, clean and do his laundry, because unfortunately, Mum is on her last legs. Oh, baby. Loser longs for a leg over. Chastity, 42 years old, owner of 42 cats, 420 Mills and Boone novels, and 42 genuine first edition Princess Diana tea towels. Oh, yeah, I like it. Interest. Scouring charity shops for romance novels and royal memorabilia, producing cat videos for YouTube, and volunteering at the RSPCA Cat Shelter. Oh, baby, you're so hot. Chastity is looking for a life partner who is a sober, kind and sensitive homebody with a romantic streak. Must be a monarchist, enjoy watching YouTube cat videos and be willing to indulge in random acts of gallantry and gross acts of extreme sexual depravity. and chastity just two of our frustrated fuglies hoping to hear the sound of wedding bells and find true love in this excruciating car crash of courtship loser longs for a lego only on tft tv yeah look i i wonder if rob's lost touch with the common man andy our core audience so in retirement He's developing a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Well, hang on a sec. He's, he hasn't retired to Parliament House. He's retired to caravan parks. So he's retired to a place where the common people live and, be- and, and, and pursue their dreams. By he, be- he is the common man. By being a grey nomad, towing a caravan around. Watching uh, reality TV. He, yeah, he's, he is the common man. Of course he is. You know how much reality TV goes down in those caravan parks, though? Everybody's got a satellite dish on their caravan, oh. including, including Rob oh. on the Viscount. Take Dawson's Creek and multiply it by a million. Yeah, that, that, that's right. Or loser gets a leg over. Mm. But, but let, me, let me take the point a touch further. Barry is our man. And, and look, perhaps chastity too, in, in her own way. Do, do you see a loser in those characters? Because what I see is an enthusiast, passionate about what they love. Uh, you, you, you might be right. I don't think I do see a loser. I see members of our very own church. Does and we, we are the ones that sit here week in, week out, preaching equality and fairness who's to and, say and churchmanship. That, and who's to say that cats and tea towels can't be sexy, Andy? Nor a wardrobe full of nothing but garish fishing shirts. That's my wardrobe. I know. Am I and a it, loser? And is it... It's sexy, is it not? <laughs> yes. It, it is a broad church after all. And Barry and Chastity, you were welcome at the helm of that broad church. And I mean, like, really, really, really broad. That brings back some childhood memories, Tim. Isn't there uh, that song? I heard it too. It, can't, you can hear it, can't <laughs> it's you? A it's a broad church. church. Yeah, it's a church. <laughs> we should do something. We should. I think the church deserves it. They reckon that D- might be a song. D- d- does the church <laughs> does the church reckon they deserve to hear us sing again? Is that what you're suggesting? Well, it's a broad church. There are singers and there are non-singers. So there'll be some in the church, given how broad it is, who are enthusiastic about hearing us singing the song, it's a broad church. Yes. Let's do it. And there will be others we- that will be repulsed. <laughs> but that's okay. And that's why a- it's a broad a church. church. After all. Why we love it. <laughs> Tales from the tinny, get a mullet. Well, that's about it for us for another week, Fishos. And Tim, can I just 
take this chance. I've got a, got a lot of mates out there that are sort of chomping at the bit to travel from interstate or overseas and come back to the territory. Mm. And it's just uh, it's just a shout out. I know you're not meant to use the show for sort of you know personal reasons, but I just want to shout out. Although to you do all the time. <laughs> I mean, I've I've seen you frothing. You can't decide now whether to go to the oil rig or follow Jim Freeze. Give him a quick call off air. Mm. Get his culvert secrets and race off to the Arnhem Highway. <laughs> We could hit the Colts tomorrow, I guess. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you'll be calling him in a moment and say, man, how about we hook up? You show me all your secrets, bro. <laughs> anyway, play on. Anyway, first and foremost, with the thanks today, it's just thanks to all of those that listen overseas and interstate to the tinny mm. and, and, and have that connection back to this absolute God's country of a place. Cheers to John Russo, the Colbert Crusader himself, uh, to Stewie Brisbane, and of course the son of the Ayatollah of the DKVR, uh, Trent DeWitt. Special thanks or apologies, rather, to anyone who the... Um, Loser wants a leg over, may have pigeonholed as a loser. You're not a loser. You're our people. Mm. With the possible exception of Chastity, the cat lover, we're just a bit indecisive about her. And again, it is a broad church after all. And in case you'd forgotten what fishing is actually about, and you got all serious all of a sudden, who else but Kai the Oracle? to issue a final and a timely reminder. We know it's an excuse to sit in the boat with some mates and having a few beers while we while we flick a bit. It's that simple, Fishos. Continue to do so with gusto and with honour. We'll catch you next week on Tales from the Tinny.